opens to First Peter chapter one. First Peter chapter one. I intend to just have a short word. First Peter chapter one. And I'm reading from verse six and seven. First Peter chapter chapter one. Verse 6 and 7. The Bible says, We are in, ye greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, you are in heaviness through manifold temptations, that the trying of your faith be much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing. Of Jesus Christ. By the grace of God in this first service, I'll be speaking on the subject how God helps us to build our faith. How God helps us to build our faith. How is it that God helps us to build our faith? Let us pray. Precious Father, we thank you as we go into the ministry of your word. We thank you because the entrance of your word give it light and give it understanding to the simple. Thank you for lighting our path with insights from your word. We give you glory because you are going to anoint me to declare this word the way you revealed it to me. And you are going to help people to apply this truth to their lives and to be doers and not hearers only. Thank you for teaching us how you, have inte- how you intend to help us build our faith. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. How God helps us to build our faith. As a believer, if you are going to live the best possible life on the earth, you are going to have to learn how to live by faith. If you are going to live the kind of life God wants you to live, if you are going to live the kind of life that will attract the best blessings that God has to offer, if you are able to live, if you are, if you are going to live the kind of life that gives you ability to turn upon serpents and scorpions and all the powers of the devil, and nothing will by any means hurt you, if you are going to live the life that will be the life of an overcomer, if you are going to live the life that is going to be successful, satisfying, and fulfilling, you are going to have to learn how to live by faith. Because the Bible tells us in the book of Hebrews 11, 6, it says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. I know the hard desire of most Christians is to please God. I do not know of any Christian who does not want to please God. Paul was speaking to the Thessalonian Christians in First Thessalonians chapter 4 verse 1 he said we have taught you how you ought to walk and please God one of the outstanding characteristics of Enoch according to Hebrews 11 verse 5 was that above all things he pleased God one of the things that identified Jesus Christ to us and which Jesus gives us as one of the secrets of his life and ministry in John chapter 8 verse 29 was that he pleased God he said it this way he said, my father who sent me is always with me and I'm not left me alone. Because I do always those things that are well pleasing in his sight. 
Pleasing God is so important and so vital and I know all of us want to please God. There is no child of God who wants to be on the wrong side of God. So if you are going to want to be on the right side of God, you are going to have to learn how to live by faith. Because the Bible also says in Romans 14, 23, whatsoever is not of faith is sin. Can you understand that? If you are not living by faith, it means that whatever kind of life you are living, not only is it an inferior life, it is a life that is unacceptable. It's not the kind of life that God created us to live. At least in four places in the Bible, God states it clearly that this is the way I wanted to live. In, book, in the book of Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 4, he said, he whose soul is lifted up in him is not upright. For the just, that is you and I who have become Christians, shall live, not may live. He said, shall live by faith. Romans 1.17 says, For herein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith as it is written, the just shall live by faith. In Galatians 3.11 it says it again, the just shall live by faith. So living by faith is not as it were optional. It is a call, it's a command. Proverbs 13, 13 says, He that despise the word shall be destroyed. He that hearken to the commandment shall be, shall be blessed. Now, when we talk about living by faith, what does it mean? It means allowing the word of God to dictate every and all things you do. The Bible says in Matthew 4, 4, Luke 4, 4, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceed out of the mouth of God. It means taking God's word as, as it is, God's word, and using it to condition your life. God's word determines the place you go, the things you do, the people you associate with, the things you say, and the music you listen to. Very, very vital. So living by faith is not something that is optional. The Bible says in Hebrews 10, 38, now the just shall live by faith. So for the believer, Faith is vitally important in our relationship and fellowship with God. Without faith, you can't please God. Second Corinthians 5, 7 say for we walk by faith. So we don't just live by faith, we walk by faith. So there is no progress because work means progress. There can't be progress except by faith. I am where I am today by faith. This church is where it is today by faith. By taking God's word for what God's word says it is and by using it to condition the things we do and the things we say, the things we listen to and the people we associate with. The life of faith is God's kind of life. The kind of life that Jesus lived. If you read Matthew, Mark, Luke and John to look at the way Jesus lived, that is the exemplary definition of what a life of faith is. So, let us know that there is no option to live in my faith. At the point when you were saved as a believer, at the moment when you gave your life to Christ, God put into you what is called saving faith. Saving faith. Ephesians 2.8 says, For by grace were you saved through faith. The moment you accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, Redeemer, and Lord, and you confessed him with your mouth because you believed him with your heart, Saving faith was put in your heart by God as a gift. Romans chapter 12 verse 3 talks about it. 
He said, God has given to every man the measure of faith. That is the faith that gets into your heart at the moment when you get saved. But you see, that faith that gets into your heart is not enough to live by. It's enough to get you saved, but it's not enough to live by. And that is why you need to develop your faith. That is why you need to grow your faith. You get imputed with seven faith at the moment of confessing Jesus, but that kind of faith that you get as a gift at that point is not enough for you to live on. You need to develop it. And that is why we are talking how God helps us to build our faith. You need to build on that faith. The apostles realized this, and that's why in Luke 17, 5, they looked at Jesus and they said, Lord, increase our faith. If God wants us to live by faith, and the faith that we get at the point where we are saved is not enough for us to live by, then God will have to help God will have to help us as it were to build our faith. So the big question is how does God help me to build my faith? How will God help you to build your faith? How does God help to build people's faith? I'm going to tell you five ways that happen. How does God help me to build my faith? Are there some spiritual vitamins I need to use to build up my faith? Are there, is there a therapy, a therapy, an exercise that I need to go through to build my faith? Or is there a special seminar, a faith seminar that I need to go to to build my faith? How does God help us to build our faith? There are three ways God helps us to build our faith. I'm not going to speak on the first two, but I'm going to name them to you. But I'll be speaking on the third way that God uses to build our faith. The first way to build your faith is to feed your faith on the word of God. If you want faith for prosperity, how do you build it? What you do is that you get all the Bible verses on the subject of prosperity and you believe it with your heart and you confess with your mouth and you accept it as yours. So the first way to build faith According to Romans 10, 17, it says, so then faith come by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So the first way to build faith, the first way God helps us to build our faith is through God's word. He has given us his word. When we say faith, faith simply means believing in God's word. Believing in what God says and expecting God to honor what he says in our lives. If I believe what God's word says, and I expect God to honor what God's word says in my life, that is faith. If I believe that God promotes people, according to Psalm 75, verse 6 and 7, and I believe that God promotes people, according to Psalm 113, verse 7 and 8, he leaves the poor from the dust, the needy from the dog hill, that he may set them with the prince, even the prince of his people. If I believe that, because I've seen it in the Bible, and I expect God to bring it to pass, that is faith. If I believe that God heals, Exodus 15, 26 says, I am the Lord that healeth thee. If I believe that God heals, Job chapter 5, verse 18 says, The hand of the Lord maketh whole. If I believe that God heals, Psalm 147, verse 3, He bind up the brokenhearted and He healed their wounds. If I believe that because the Bible says so, and I expect God to do it in my life, that is what is called faith. 
seeing what God's word says, I'm expecting God to honor it, expecting God to perform it, expecting God to bring it to pass. The second way, God, the second way that God uses to develop our faith is that he develops our faith by using it. Let me say this to you. How do you develop your muscle? The first way you develop your muscle is to eat food, proper food. And then the next thing is for you to use your body. If you eat a lot and you don't use your body, you become flabby. So the first way to build faith that God uses to build our faith is through the word. Teachings come. The word of God comes. And then the second way is for you to use your faith. Many times, how do I do that if I want to build faith? I know God's word says something. And I know I can expect it to come to pass in my life. But if I do that on many occasions, that is using my faith. If I have money, for example, to buy a shoe, and I can easily go and buy a shoe, that is not faith. But if I have, if, if, but if I, if I have money to buy a shoe, and I said, instead of buying a shoe, I want to believe God to touch somebody's heart to give me a shoe. I am using my faith. Many, many times when I have money for something, I will not buy it. Why will I not buy it? Not because I don't have the money, but because I want to use my faith. I want to learn how to receive from God. I want to learn how real and how genuine God's word is. If I have a headache, for example, and I can use paracetamol or panadine or anadine or any of the things. And I say, instead of using paracetamol and anadine, I want to believe God for healing. Now that is faith. I'm using my faith. You need to learn how to use your faith for money, for healing. You need to learn how to use your faith for everything. You need to learn how to use your faith for everything. It is not only when, you see, most of the time this is the problem. Many children of God do not learn to use their faith on small things. And so when big things come and they try to use their faith, their faith is not strong enough to carry it. Somebody who has never used his faith to get 1,000 naira, then he has fees of 100,000 naira to pay. You see him begin to beg around because he has not been used to using his faith. But if you have used your faith for 10,000 and it worked, Faith for 50,000 to start your business. You believe God and the money came. God touched somebody's heart and somebody gave it to you. Now that is how to use your faith. Use your faith for headache. Use your faith for malaria. Because a day will come when probably something will happen to you that require only God and not man to help you out with. If you now try to use your faith at that point, your faith will not work because your faith has not developed to be able to handle that particular situation how does God help to develop our faith number one by giving us material to feed our faith with which is God's word and secondly by giving us opportunities as it were to use our faith use your faith use your faith I remember so many years ago I was a lecturer in Kwara State Polytechnic and they were giving car loans out and they said well officer level 8 and below they got Carlo of 4,800 to buy Volkswagen B2, 1,500. But if your office are level 9 and above to level 12, they will give you 6,600 to buy a Peugeot 504. 
And then they said, okay, if your officer above that level 12, 13, 14, 15, they will give you 10,000 to buy some other kind of car. Now, when they brought the form to me, now I have been feeding my faith on the word. I've been, I know that God can meet every need. I know what the Bible says about God meeting need. I know what the Bible says in Mark eleven twenty four. 24. What things soever you desire. When you pray, believe you receive and shall have. What things soever. I know the Bible said, ask of me and I will give the givings to you for your inheritance. Psalm 2 verse 8 and the utmost part of the earth for your possession. I know Matthew 7, 7, ask and shall be given, seek and shall find. Knock and the door shall be opened for he that asketh receiveth. He that seeketh findeth, he that knocketh, the door shall be opened. I know all these things. And so when they were giving the form out for car loans, I said to myself, I'm not going to take a car loan. I'm going to believe God for a car. Now that is using my faith. I'm going to believe God for a car. I could easily as it were have taken the loan and paid back. But I chose to use faith. You can choose to use faith. But please be sure that your faith works. Because if you have malaria and your faith is not working yet or cannot handle malaria and you are just shaking under the blanket and sneezing and they ask you what's that? Ah, ah. Now that's not faith. You are just suffering yourself. But if you have faith, you will stand up and go everywhere and do whatever you need to do like you ought to do it. So I said, no, I'm not going to get a car loan. Now, I didn't get a car loan, but I did not go about borrowing the car of my friends who got car loan. You see, because some people do that. Say, I'm not going to get car loan, but here you are. Here you are trying to borrow people's car, ride it around. So one of my friends took a friend's car to go to Bata. A fresh B2 car, B2, 1500. Just bought it about six weeks earlier. He went to Quata, and when he went to Quata, he went inside to buy some stuff. By the time he came out, the car had developed legs, and he was looking for it like this. You know when something is lost, <laughs> you look for it every ridiculous way. You look for it under your shoe. Ah, is it under my shoe? And that became an great issue. It became a problem. And that caused a lot of problems for that guy. The guy who owned the car, who got a loan, was paying back loan, and had no, he had stroke. Because someone who was not up to a particular level was trying to operate at that level and had to borrow the car and that would So I said, no. So what did I do next? I came home to my house and I knelt on my knees. And I said, God, I believe you right now for a Mercedes 200. I believe you right now for a Mercedes 200. Now I decided to do what? Use my faith. I decided to use my faith. That's what I did. I could have gotten the loan. There's nothing wrong with getting the loan. There's nothing wrong with taking injection or going to hospital. But you see, you have to prepare for the day when you are going to be faced with something that you are not going to be able to afford with money. When you are going to be able to be faced with a particular situation, a sickness for which you, there is no medical remedy, as it were. <laughs> I was watching the news yesterday, CNN, and they said, after so many years, eventually, they have found a vaccine for malaria. Found a, you see, as a young man, as somebody growing up because of my blood type, malaria was a killer for me. I was always sick with malaria. It was constant. It was constant. In fact, one of the things that showed that God had really delivered me as, as a young man was that sickness disappeared. I was constantly in the hospital. In 30 days of a month, I would be in the hospital 20 times. 
all kinds of sicknesses, all kind, and I was sick perpetually. In fact, the doctors looked at me at the age of 14 and said, if I live to be 20, it will be a miracle. Can you imagine now someone is close to 60? Now being told at support time when I was just 14 that I may not live to be 20. So I decided to use faith for the car. I said, I'm not going to loan any money for the car. I remember along the line, <laughs> after we started Rema Chapel, some concerned members of the church came to me because they were not very happy at Adimutrak where I was riding. Suzuki 100. OY8405Y. It's still in my house. They came to me and said, excuse me, sir, one of us here is a bank manager who wants to organize a soft loan for you. I said, no, what I did not get in Guadalupe, I will not get here. I said, no loan is soft. When you get a loan, you pay back with interest. I rejected it. Along the line, after Rebbe Chabu started and then somebody gave me a panel banker, KWA244AB, the car was burnt. Somebody bought it, Shalake, and got burnt. So the person bought the bond car and did it well to some extent. <laughs> that car, remember one time, Faith Mommy and I and Faith and Faithful was my mother or my wife was pregnant with Faithful. We were going to Ibadan. And it was raining more inside the car than outside the car. It was that the car became a receptacle point for collecting rainwater. You know that kind of a car? Every water from underneath is coming in. The one from the door is coming. The one coming from the boot is coming. The whisk, everything. Everything is coming. When you come out of the car like this, in the rain, it's like you're being in the rain all day. So I said, no, I'm not going. So at a point in time, a member of the church then imported a Pojo, Pojo car. Pojo 2.0. And the person came and approached me and said, Daddy, I have imported this car. But I cannot be riding a Pojo 2.0 when you are riding a Panevan. Shalake. But you know, with that Shalake, very efficient. I was carrying 19 people. <laughs> there are probably people here who rode in that Shalake with me. 19 people. So what I said, I said, well, he said, eh, he said that, he said, the Pojo is 2.0. The Mercedes car you are believing for is 200. Pojo 2.0 and Mercedes 200, they are the same. Ah, I said, they are not, oh. Pojo is, an, is a French word. Pojo is made in France. Mercedes is made in Germany. What was I doing? Using my faith. That's what I was doing, using my faith. So you, that is how God helps you to develop your faith. By one, feed you with the word. Two, then use your faith. Number three way, which is what I want to consider very briefly. The third way with God use, help you to build your faith is by testing your faith. By having your faith tested. By having your faith tested. Whether you know it or not as a child of God, every day, every week, every month, our faith is being tested. And I'm going to show you how God tests our faith. You see, when any of these situations or circumstances occur, that is God helping you to build your faith. God inspiring you to build your faith. God helping your faith to get better. Many times when God brings any of these five situations to us, many of us as Christians, we don't recognize them, and so we don't use the advantage that God is offering us to develop our faith. 
any of the following methods is an opportunity for you to develop your faith. Is an is God testing your faith? So quickly because of time. The first way God tests our faith is through difficulties. Through difficulties. Trials, problems come to test and prove our faith. Two difficulties. Financial difficulty, emotional difficulty, marital difficulty, all of these have come to test our faith. Nothing happens by accident in our lives as believers. Everything is father filtered, which means everything passes through God. Let me say it. Most of those difficulties are not usually God-caused, but they are God-permitted. They are not God-caused. All of them come with God's permission. You know what happened in the life of Job? He lost his children. He lost his business. He lost money. He lost health. But when you look at the back scene in Job chapter 1 into Job chapter 2, you will discover that God permitted them to happen. Many times in our lives, we just think, probably God does not know about it. There is nothing that happens to you without your father knowing. Luke 12, 7 says, five sparrows are sold for two farthings. But not even uh, one of them will drop to the ground without your father knowing. The very hairs of your head are numbered. The Bible says in Psalm 34, 19, Many are the afflictions of the righteous. All those difficulties that come our way. Though God may not be the one behind it, but there is none of them that God is not aware of. And that God is aware of it and allows it or permits it to come is to help you develop your faith. When those things came to Job, Job was a great man in the east in Job chapter 1. By the time you read Job chapter 42, he had become the greatest man in the world. His faith had become stronger. His faith had been built up. The materials he had in Job chapter 1 was half of the materials he boasted of in Job chapter 42. So, the first thing that God does to help build our faith is difficulties. For a little while, you have to suffer. Grieve of all kinds. They have come so that your faith may be proved genuine and result in praise and glory and honor to our God. Look at that scripture that we read in 1 Peter 1, 7. The trying of your faith be more precious than of gold. Though it start with fire, should be found unto honor at the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ. So the first thing God uses to build your faith are those things, those hits. The Bible says in Isaiah 48 verse 10, out of the fondness of affliction have I graded you. Are you going through affliction right now? It's a test of faith. It's a test of faith. The Bible said in Psalm 17 verse 3, thou hast tried me, thou hast proved me, thou hast visited me in the night, thou shalt find nothing. Second Corinthians 4 17, he said, for this cause we fail not. Don't you have to have Second Corinthians 4 17, he said, our light afflictions, right? our light afflictions, which are just but for a moment, work it for us. 
a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. For we look not at the things that are seen, but the things that are not seen. For the things that are seen are temporal. Are you having struggles? Are you having issues? Are you having problems? Are you going through some kind of difficult patch? It's an opportunity for your faith muscle to develop. It's an opportunity for you to rise up above it. You are like bread with yeast. When fire is applied, bread with yeast rises. The Bible says in Isaiah 59, 19, when the enemy shall come in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord shall lift a standard against it. So the first thing God uses to build our faith, tests. Afflictions, struggles, challenges. The Bible says it like this. In James 1, 2, it says, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. Knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. It means when my faith is tried, when things happen around me, and as a child of God, I try to overcome them, it makes me better. When there are financial challenges and I try to overcome them, it makes me better. I am a product, for example, my faith is a product of many things that I have gone through in life. I have fought with the beast of Ephesus like Paul did in 1 Corinthians 15, 32. I've had challenges of all types. Challenges with my children, challenges with my health, challenges with finances. And over the years, it has helped my faith to be built up. So those difficulties, are because God allowed them and permits them, because nothing will happen to you without your father knowing. First Peter 3, 12, his eyes are over you. Psalm 34, verse 7, the angel of the Lord can parent them that trust in him and deliver them. You see, most of the time we want God to take us out of hell. But most of the time, the afflictions and the difficulties are expected by God to take the hell out of us. God uses difficulties to work in us. To perfect his work in us. There are certain things that you go through that cleanse you, that change your thinking, that help your faith in God to be stronger, that help your confidence in God to be stronger, that help your confidence. I remember some years ago we had a problem in this ministry. It was a bad problem because the people that had money in this ministry suddenly overnight left. And so we were left with ourselves. And so we had no money. But you know what? That thing helped me to develop my faith for finances. Before then, I relied on them. And the arm of flesh will fail you anyway. Confidence that I'm a faithful man in time of trouble is like a broken tooth and a bone out of joint. You see, at times, if you have not left alone, you may never know how to fly. If you are never abandoned by those who you put your trust, you may never be able to stand on your own. And so, God at times allows difficulties in order to build our faith. Number two, the second way God helps us to build our faith is to test our faith through demands that he places on us. At times, God will put a demand on you. This is usually when he asks us to do things that we think are impossible. At times, God will tell you, go and build your own house. Let me tell you this. For 13 years, I was a pet tenant. In a single house in GRA. 
it never occurred to me that I could build a house. It never even occurred to me I could build an eight-bedroom house. It never occurred to me that I could be a landlord. I was just satisfied with being a tenant, paying $50,000 a year. And it was okay. But a day came when the owner of the house sold the house and the person that bought it said, I have to move out. And I looked for a house for about six months I couldn't get. So I had to move out. At the end, I went to God. I said, God, I don't understand. God told me, he said, go and build your own house. You see, when God told me to go and build my house, the amount of money I had in my account was less than a million naira. So how can I build a house with a million naira? I mean, you can build a sham someplace, but I've tested life in the GRE and I didn't want to leave the GRE. So I wanted, so God now told me, go and build your own house. I said, build my own house? Where? How? Now, when God tells you to do something that looks like impossible, you know what? He's helping you to build your faith. He's helping you to build your faith. God says, leave your job as a civil servant. Go into business. He's helping you to build your faith. Let me say this this thing. In the New Testament alone, there are 1,050 commands. And many, many times for us, when we look at these commands in the New Testament, some of them are unreasonable. Some of them are inconvenient. Some of them are impossible. However, whatever command God gives is for our advantage. The Bible says in Deuteronomy 12, 32, whatsoever I command you, that shall you do. Whatsoever I command you, that shall you do. So, when you look at the Bible and you see a command that God tells you to do, which is like unreasonable or impossible or inconvenient, and God is asking you, do it. It is to help you build your faith. He has given you the word. Psalm 68 verse 11, the Lord gave the word. I remember one of our pastors here in this church came to me in the house, 2013. And I looked at him and I said, where do you live? He said, in government quarters. I said, government quarters? I said, what are you doing there? He said, we are entitled to government quarters. My wife and I, and we teach in the same school and we are entitled to government quarters. I said, no, you can't do that. He said, so what would you do? I said, go and build your own house. The man looked at me like he said, build our house? He said, we don't even have land. I said, I don't care whether you have land or not. This is a direct instruction. You see, that is how God helps you to build. He gives you an assignment for which it looks impossible to you. But if you receive that word from his mouth and lay it up in your heart, it will help to build your faith. And just last Sunday, they came to me and said, sir, we want to tell you that we have moved into our house. Two civil servants. We have moved into our house. The pastors, we are there to pray. There are so many people I have told like that here. <laughs> I just look at them and say, go and build your own house. You see, because that was what God told me. There are people that after they retired, retired here. I know a man who retired from government work. He had lived in probably in the same house as a tenant for as long as he was a civil servant for almost 30 years. And after he retired, the owner of the house where he was living said, I don't want you in my house again. You have spent enough time here. You had all your children in this house. They all married in this house. Please leave. I wanted to go. So he chased the man away and the man came to my house. And the man was telling me, ah, Baba, oh, serious. So I said, what's serious? So when he described it, I said, ah. I said, the man likes you. The man knows what you should do. The man said, but I don't even have a piece of land. I said, don't worry. Go and build your own house. 
two years after retirement, with no steady source of income, he moved into his own house. How does God help us to build our faith? I build our faith by testing us, by giving us things that he wants us to do that we cannot by ourselves, as it were, do. That kind of a situation is a test of faith. For example, look at some things that test our faith in the Bible. Philippians 4, 6, he said, be anxious for nothing. I mean, when you're a worry champion, and Philippians 4, it's, it's 4 6 says, be anxious for nothing. You'll say, that's not, that's, not, that's not easy. Matthew 5, 44, look at the command. It says, love your enemies. Even to love your friends is a problem. Now it's telling you to love your enemies. Now, whenever God is asking you to do something, whenever you are having an insight that God is calling you to do something that looks unreasonable, that looks impossible, that looks inconvenient, he is trying to help you build your faith. That is the second way God helps us to build our faith. I remember the scripture I saw some years ago, James chapter 5 verse 16. He said, confess your faults one to another. Ah! When I saw that scripture, I said, confess my fault one to another. Even people that you don't tell your secrets to, they gossip about you. Now, for me to tell my secret to them, what will they do? They will publish it in the newspaper. But the Bible says you do it. So, whenever the Bible tells you or God tells you or you have an insight, because I can feel that some people are, God is trying to help your faith rise. God is trying to make you fly like an eagle, but you want to remain a turkey. You want to remain a chicken. God has inspired you. I remember when we were called to build this facility. When they brought the, the, the Q quantities, bill of quantities, 320 million. The first thing I showed someone, I said, you see, this is the bill of quantities. He said, yay! I said to him, I said, who are that mountain before the river bell? You see, God will never order for what he will not pay for. Whenever something comes to test, to, to like challenge you, to like, like confront you, as a mountain before the river bell, it is God testing your faith. It is God trying to help to build your faith. Very many people in the Bible, Jesus told the apostles in John chapter 6, when they had been preaching to people for three, uh, for three days, the people were very hungry, the apostles also were very hungry. And Jesus told them, go and give them food to eat. And the man said, you must be joking. <laughs> Where will you find food? Even if you find food, how much will we buy? Very many times, God will challenge your faith. That's a test of your faith. He's trying to make your faith grow. Peter was inside a boat in Matthew 14. He said, if it is you, tell me to come. He said, come, walk on the water like I'm doing. And he stepped out. Many of us need to step out in faith. You see, most of the time, we think that there is a risk. But real faith is no risk. Real faith is confidence and trust in God that is not shaken. That is what real faith is. Real faith says, if I jump from the ceiling down before I get there, God will catch me. That is what real faith is. That is, what real, that is how children should behave to their heavenly father. A man of God visited another man of God and there were two, two boys there. The two boys looked alike. So the man of God asked, he said, which of these two boys I mean, he said, are these your sons? He said, no, one of them is my son, the other one is not my son. He said, which one is your son? He said, let me prove. Let me prove to you which one is my son. He put the first one on the, on the, on, 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 on the drum. He said, John, jump! The boy said, eh, eh. 
So he took the boy, he put him down. He put the other boy, James, on the drum. He said, jump! That's why he does jump. Which of the two is his child? The one that jumped. The one that trusts him. That is how God expects us to trust him. When he tells you to do the ridiculous, he is interested in taking you into the realm of the supernatural. Very, very important. Because of time. Number three, the third way with God tests our faith is to delay. To delay. That is the way God tests our faith. One thing about human nature is that we don't like to wait. Most people hate to wait. I mean, many of you hate to wait. The reason for traffic jam in Nigeria and everywhere is people don't want to wait. People don't want to queue up in the bank. People don't want to queue up in the airport. People even shunt in the doctor's office. People who are sick, they are still shunting. Only God knows what caused the sickness, but they are still shunting. <laughs> now, what I'm saying is this. You see, that is people don't want to wait at all. People are always The human nature is a nature of haste. So, how does God help us to develop faith? Oh, uh, help us to develop it by at times intentionally ensuring that certain things don't happen quickly. I can tell you that faith will get you some things, but it's faith and patience that will get you everything. When God called Abraham at the age of 75, when was it that his first baby came? If that was what God did with Abraham, what did you expect God to do with you? When you and I are sons of Abraham. The Bible said in Hebrews chapter 6, I read from verse 12. It said, be not slothful, be not slothful, but followers of those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Verse 13, when God made a promise to Abraham, because he could swear by no other, he swore by himself. Verse 14, saying, in blessing, I will bless you, in multiplying, I will multiply you. Verse 15, and after Abraham patiently endured, he obtained the promises. God helps build our faith by making sure some things don't happen on time. There are some of us here we quickly give up when we shouldn't. You see, because faith without patience is not strong enough to inherit most promises. The Bible says in Luke 21, 19, through patience you possess your souls. The greatest blessings of God are with the patient. Isaiah 28, 16. Behold, I've laid in Zion for the foundation is stone, a tried stone, a precious kind of stone. He that believeth, look at that. He that believeth shall not make haste. A man who really believes does not abandon his belief. In 1984, I prayed for a Mercedes-Benz car. It never came until 19, 1991. Seven years. But you know what? It helped me to develop patience. It helped me to develop patience. I started in faith, but I ended with patience. Listen to this. James 1.4. It said, let patience have a perfect work. That may be perfect and entire lacking nothing. God has not said he will not give you what is yours, but he has said he will give you in his own time, not your time. Human nature is very hasty. You want it now. You want to marry. You want it now. You want breakthrough ministry. You want it now. You want it now. They will tell you that in building a solid building of this nature, 
You need to give some more days for it to kill as you build. You don't just build like shh, like mushroom. So God tests our faith and helps build our faith by delay. Delay. Nine months. That was what took Job before he was healed. Nine months. Oh, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. You see, in all my life, whenever I've been sick, I pray to God one month, two months. I, pray. I had a condition on my neck. You will not know this. With, my, with one of the four vertebrae, four and five. My neck, this side. Some of the doctors in this church will remember. I did all kind of tests here in Nigeria, here in Ilori. I went to the UK, the best of the best. I went to the United States, the best of the best. And eventually they said that the only solution was an operation on my neck. And you know, as sick as I was, I was a young man. I was never operated upon. And they said I was going to be operated upon. They said they are going to, that it's 50-50. It may succeed, may not succeed. Ah! Now, but I, I called God. I prayed to God. I fasted, I prayed. I, do you know that for almost two and a half years, that thing was there? I mean, you wouldn't know because before I come here, I'm already full of the Holy Ghost. But by the time I come down, get back home, pain. I can't sleep. I can't lie down flat. I can't lie down my side. Pain, pain in the night, pain, pain in the day, pain, pain everywhere. And I say, God, heal me. Heal me. Uh-uh. How do you want me to live with this pain? And there was a delay. But you see, the point is this. It may help me persevere. The Bible says in Hebrews 10, 35, cast not away therefore your confidence. There are some of you who are waiting on God for one blessing or the other. And you are saying, God, when will that man come? When will that child come? When will that job come? When will that money come? Let patience have a perfect work. You are not the one who gives God the time to do what he says he's going to do. His time is not in your hand. It's your own time that is in his hand. There is a perfect time according to God's operation. Isaiah 49.8 Psalm 69.13 He said there is an acceptable time when God will do exactly what he has said he's going to do. He has already committed himself to it. And I was patient. When I told the doctor, the doctor looked at me like this, very highly professor in the UK. He's a mister or reverend George. You want to tell me the truth? I said, yeah. He said, if you don't do that thing, the next one will follow, and before you know it, and I imagine myself coming to the pulpit here and then, calling. <laughs> but you see, I had to hold fast. Cast not away your confidence, which has a great problem. You have need. Hebrews 10 36, you have need of patience. You see, at times, God holds some results back to help you develop tenacity. He that will come will come and will not tarry. Now the judge shall live by faith. If any man turn back, he say, my shoes shall have no pleasure in him. But we are not of them that turn back to tradition. I just woke up one morning and it was gone. I went back to the doctor. They took the operation. They took the picture. He said, if I were not the one who examined you and saw your MRI report, I wouldn't have believed that you had a condition. He said, because everything is grown back and it's just normal. It's just like new. But you see, it didn't take place overnight. And God helped me to develop my faith for healing. I have never developed, I've never tried that kind of faith for healing in my life before then. I, my faith was stretched. It was pulled. It was pulled. It was rocked. It was pissed. 
gather together again, sown together, torn, gather together again, eventually my faith delivered. Glory. What am I saying? That is one way God helped to develop your faith by doing what? Make sure there is a divine delay. There are, every delay is not satanic. Many times you go to deliverance, they are delivering you from what they cannot deliver you from. They say satanic delay, demonic delay. There are some delays that are God orchestrated. Who made the children of Israel wonder 40 years? God. He want, they wondered, he killed the ones who want to kill, he saved the one who want to save. So in your wondering, actually during those periods, some things wither in our lives as we are waiting. Some thoughts, some desires, some emotions, some longing wither in our lives and new ones are built. Number four, because of time, so that I will not run out of time completely. The Bible says in Isaiah, before I quote number four, Isaiah 64 verse four, he said, the eye had not seen, the eye had not hear, neither has he entered to the hearts of men the thing that God has reserved for them that wait on him. Learn how to wait. Wait upon the Lord. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. God will not do anything like a snap finger like this because he's God. He doesn't do that. There are certain things God will do snap like that, but there are other things God will not do snap like that. You have to know the other side of God. Get that book that I wrote, The Other Side of God. Beautiful book. I wrote it in 2003. Series of messages that preached in 2003. August. When I was going through one of the most terrible periods in my life with sickness. And God helped me. Just one month and God helped me. In those months I preached those messages because I was able to lay down there and saw God's face and God spoke to me. When they told Jesus that Lazarus was sick, he didn't come. He did. Let me say this. Delay does not mean deny. He didn't come. Even Mary and Martha, with all the scriptures they know, they said, if you had come earlier, my brother would not have died. Jesus said, look, whether I come earlier or not, it's the same. So he delays it for them to develop tenacity. And so that tenacity is very vital. Please have that at the back of your mind. Number four way that God tests our faith is by what you possess. God tests your faith when he puts his hand or his finger on something that you possess. Like what? Your job. God says, leave your job. Go into the ministry. Like what? Leave the town you are familiar with. Leave Ilorin. Go to Odoku. When God touched something that you possess, like what? Your car. Give away your car. That is God making your faith grow. The reason why some of us are still riding the old cars is because you have not learned how to give out the old, the, the old car. Because as far as God is concerned, there is already a new car in his hands. But you are still holding on to the old car. And for as long as you hold on to the old car, what you are going to have is still the old car. God, you see, let me say this to you. I was going to get married in two weeks and all I had was 200 naira. Two weeks. That was in 1984 and all I had was 200 naira. And so I looked at God and said, this 200 naira cannot buy a suit. For me, or even if he buys a suit in those days, he can't buy a shoe. And my best man was even poorer than me. He, he was poor, poverty personified. No shoe, nothing. So I had to buy my, my own suit and his suit. And I looked at it and 
I told God, I said, God said, you know what you're going to do? I said, what? He said, take the 200 that I go to so-and-so church and drop it there as offering. Now, you see, that is God helping me to build my faith. It looks like, wow, I will have less. But no. When you do that, when God puts his hand on something that belongs to you, and you willingly give it away, it will make your faith grow. It will make your faith grow. You cannot believe God for what you could not believe God for earlier on. In the Bible, you'll see this. Genesis 22. You remember Abraham had one child? And God said, bring your son, your only son Isaac. Genesis 22 verse 1. To a place where I will show you. You see, when God wants to help you build your faith, it takes away something in which you have confidence because he wants to give you something better. It takes something that you are used to because he wants to give you something greater than whatever you have been used to. All right. Look at in 1 Kings 17. You remember? The widow in 1 Kings 17 verse 13. She was gathering food. Little stick to go and cook a food for herself and her son that they may eat and die. The prophet came and said, go and bring me water. She was going and said, well, when you are coming, bring cake. The woman said, I don't have a cake. He said, no, but I have something. Now, the woman went and brought it. Helping to build your faith means taking something that belongs to you. Let me make a statement here. God made this statement to me several years ago. There is a definite, direct relationship between how we handle what we have and our spiritual depth. There is a definite direct relationship between how you handle what you have and your spiritual depth. The more spiritually deep you are, the more open your hand will be. People who are miserly are not deep spiritually. Because if you are liberal in your giving as a spiritual person, you know it will be given back to you, good measure, pressed down, shaking together, running over. So how does God help me to develop my faith? He puts a hand on something that is yours and says, I want it. He puts a hand on your profession. I love being a lecturer. I really appreciate it. That is the best thing that I ever love to be. God said, I, I want it. You're going to have to leave that thing. You're going to have to leave it. Now, what was he doing? Helping me to develop my faith. I was a civil servant. I depended on salary. God said, no, I'm going to pay your wages. How will you do that? I don't know. So it's important for you to realize this. That is the way God tests. You see, whenever such things happen, it's a test of faith. When something you depend on and you want to use, let me give you a good example. Some years ago, I bought a suit from UK, 250 pounds. This was in the 90s. And I hung it in my wardrobe because I was going to wear it on Christmas Day. You know, as little children, we like Christmas clothes. So I put it in my wardrobe. I was going to wear it on Christmas Day. One day, as I, any day when I go into the wardrobe, I see there, I say, well, you coach, just wait. I'm coming for you on Christmas Day. Don't worry. Uh, I already had a picture of how I would look, the tie, everything was there. So one day God said, take that coat, give it to your driver. I used to have a driver then. He said, take that coat, give it to your driver. <laughs> take my coat, 
I'll give it to my driver. You see, when God does that, he wants your faith developed. All I had was one suit. And that was all I had. Give it to your driver. And you know, for almost three months, I struggled. But whenever I open the wardrobe, I'm always unhappy. Look at this suit. This driver, look at. So one day I took it and I gave it to him. Immediately I gave it to him. He said, praise God. I said, what are you praising God for? He said, I pray to God to give me the kind of suits that you wear. <laughs> Something now happened that blew my mind. And I went to the same UK and a son of my ministry who happens to pastor a church there. And he now took me to the same place where I bought this suit from. He shocked me. He said, Daddy, he said, I've been thinking of a way to surprise you this year. I wanted to take 12 suits, 12 shirts, and 12 ties. When I gave it, my faith exploded because I told God, Christmas Day, I must wear an issue too. New Year Day, I must wear an issue too. So, yeah. <laughs> so, you see, but he tested my faith. And when he tested my faith and I was able to release it, it when God touches something that is important to you, let it go. Your faith will get stronger. You are going to believe God because you know you have obeyed him. I was in a church one day. A church. I had saved some money that I wanted to use for something. And we were doing building fun. And the money, the, God, the, God, the pastor saying, if you are going to give a million and all that. And God says, give a million. I said, I don't have a million. Because the saving I had was 994,000. I said, I don't have a million. He said, you have. He said, just add 6,000 to each. And you'll give a million. Just add 60,000 or so, he told me. And you'll give a million. So I took the money and I gave a million. I gave a million. My God, when I gave the million, I thought, wow, this is poverty. When will I accrue a million again? When will I be able to? Because it took me some time to accrue the million. Well, to cut a long story short, I didn't even need to wait for that long. In the airport, just in Lagos, the airport, a classmate of my long, who is now a big man in a bank, who was a big man in a bank, he gave me a check of five million. I didn't feel spiritual, I don't even pray in talks that day. I just eat him and abula from one booker. So what am I saying? What I'm saying is this. How can I know? God is testing my faith when he puts his hand on something that belongs to you and he wants you to use it for him. Finally, because of time, time is over here. The fifth way God tests our faith is by giving us opportunity for choices. By giving you opportunity to choose is a test of faith. When I chose a Mercedes-Benz car, I could have chosen a Volkswagen. The Bible says, God said to Solomon, 1 Kings chapter 3, verse 5, 2 Chronicles 1, 7, ask me what I shall give you. Psalm 25, verse 12, he that fear the Lord, him shall God teach him what way to choose. So what are we talking about? Whenever God gives you an opportunity to choose, is to build your faith. Ask in faith. This is a Volkswagen. This is a Mercedes-Benz. Choose. God gave Solomon an opportunity to choose. God gave Lot an opportunity to choose. Lot destroyed his own opportunity because he chose according to the sight of the eyes. When you choose based on what you see and what you feel and what you taste and what you touch, your faith will grow. 
Abraham said to Lot, left, I go right, right, I go left. Lot looked in the physical and he chose the direction that he chose. God told Solomon, just ask me what you want. And what did he do? Solomon was so wise, he said, what I need is wisdom. Because Proverbs 4, 5 says, get wisdom, get understanding, forget it not, neither decline from the words of my mouth. The Bible says, Proverbs 4, 7, wisdom is the principal thing, therefore get wisdom. With all you're getting, get understanding. You see, when you have wisdom, every other thing gets added to it. When God gives you an opportunity to choose, choose wisely. Choose with the eye of the spirit and not the feeling of the flesh. Let me close with this testimony. Remember, we are talking about how God helps to build our faith. God gives you an opportunity to choose in life. Deuteronomy 30, verse 19. I call heaven and natural God is there against you. This blessing, this cursing, he says, choose life. One thing you are going to do in life, you are going to choose. A father was about to die. He had two people in his life that were very important. One servant and one son. And he brought the servant and son to his dead side and said, My son, my servant, you have been put wonderful to me. I don't have much. But what I've decided to do is um, my son, I wanted to choose one thing out of all the things that I have. And uh, whatever is left, my servant will take them. It will belong to my, fa- my servant. You just choose one, the best thing. Just choose one. That's an opportunity to choose. What did the boy do? In wisdom, he chose the servant. Now, if the servant belongs to you, Whatever belongs to the servant belongs to you. Let's rise up and bless God. Thank you, Father, for the word. We give you praise. We glorify you. Thank you for speaking to us in this first service. We thank you because of where we are and what you've said. Help us never to be the same again. I want you to close your eyes and pray one prayer. Lord, increase my faith. Lord, increase my faith. Lord, increase my faith. Lord, increase my faith.